Good morning. Would you please turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 62? And if you're able, if you could stand for the reading of God's Word. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him, like a leaning wall, a tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. Salah. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rest my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge, is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Salah. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balance, altogether they go up but they are altogether lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. For you will render to a man according to his work. God bless the reading of his word. Well, good morning to you. It's good to be back in the, the 9 o'clock service. I've been in the safe zone for a few months now, a couple months, and so to see you and to be with you this morning. I have been thinking about uh, a couple weeks ago our, our beach vacation. Uh, we love going to the beach with family for, for vacation. It's a blast, something we look forward to each summer, and we went over the July 4th weekend and, and the week and, and just had tremendous weather. Um, it, was, it was beautiful weather. The, the water was warm and clear. And as our kids are getting older and their swimming ability continues to uh, increase, man, we just have a, a ton of fun playing out in the, in the surf. And we call it wave busting. And, and we, we just go out there and honestly, it will, man, it's like he gets pounded by the waves all day long. I don't know how, how his little body can, can handle it. But as the week uh, progressed, there was, a, there was a tropical storm that was coming up the coast, and so the wind and the waves began to get a little bit bigger. Um, not too bad, not with, that would keep us from, from swimming, but Nora Kate and I were out, and we were, we were wave busting, and there was this older couple that was over to the, to the right of us, and they were, they were out a little bit farther, and they were standing, but uh, he, he called out to me, and I didn't think anything of it. I, you know, I just kind of waved. I had Nora Kate with me. And then, then he called out again. He said, hey, can you help me? And I, I said, are you serious? Because he, he was standing up and there was a, a lady behind him. So, so Nora Kate and I, we went over and I was holding Nora Kate and we ended up just grabbing them. And in the, the most anticlimactic way, we walked back into the... Uh, uh, to the surf, we threw the surf up to the shore and stuff. And so they had, they had been pulled out and they, they couldn't get back in. And so, you know, we, we went and helped them. And, and about that time, we were standing on the shore, we were walking in, um, the lifeguard comes running up. And, 
And bless her heart, she, she couldn't have been more than like 17 years old, and I know she didn't weigh over 100 pounds. And, and so she came running up, and, and just to check on everyone, and, and she said, you know, with the rip current, you got to be careful. You know, she was showing us the, the rip current, and, and doing her thing. She was really professional, and, and doing her lifeguarding thing, and she said, we've been saving people all week that get trapped out in this, this rip current. So she finishes her spiel, and she's getting ready to walk back to the stand. And I, I said, can I, can I say one thing to you? She turned around and said, yeah, yeah. I said, if, if you see me get pulled out into the rip current, if, if I'm out there and I'm kind of drowning and in distress, before you come and get me, call for backup. <laughs> actually, actually, go get my brother-in-law. He's sitting over there. Go get my brother-in-law, and y'all come and get me because there is no way you're going to be able to drag me out of that surf. You might be willing to come and rescue me, but you are not able. And she just kind of looked at me and was like, okay. <laughs> but but, but that's, the, that's the, the question that Psalm 62 is, is asking. Not just who is willing to save, but who is able to save? Who can rescue you? Who is strong enough and powerful enough to pull you from the grave and to give relief to our current situation. Psalm 62 is so encouraging because it is a, a psalm of hope. It's a, it's a psalm of salvation. I'm going to read back through Psalm 62, and, and I want you to count. Um, I want you to count how many references, either, either the word salvation or, or illustrations and analogies of, of God being our salvation. As I read these, these 12 verses, I want you to count. Use your fingers, you know, you might even need more fingers, but, but read, as I read, reflect on the idea that God is our only salvation. He alone can save as David the psalmist. I'm going to read through. You guys interact, and we'll see how many we come up with. Verse 1, for God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him like a leaning wall, a tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone... For God alone, O oh my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rest my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O oh people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your hearts on them. Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God. And that you, O Lord, belong steadfast love. For you will, you will render to a man according to his works. 
How many references did you get? Probably four occasions or four words of salvation, but maybe if you're including things like rock and refuge and fortress and my hope, if you're, if you're counting those as a salvation language, maybe you got 12 or, or 13 occurrences. This is a psalm of hope because it reminds us over and over again that God is a God of salvation. As I've been preparing this week, I've been thinking and, and hearing from others that Psalm 62 is one of their favorites. Brother Chuck told me about um, David um, and, and David Jones, and, and in his Bible, he had highlighted and underlined Psalm 62, verses 1 and 2. So, so Pastor Chuck led in the, in the funeral service out of this psalm because this psalm brings hope and salvation. It is a message that we long to hear. So this morning, let's turn our hearts to the one who is our only hope, the God of our salvation. Psalm 62 is, is a great word of encouragement on a, on a day like today. I want to draw your attention to a slide. Um, Psalm 62 is, is set up in a, in a literary structure um, called a chiasm. So, so David is a, is a master writer, but he's a poet, and he has written this psalm in a, in a chiastic way. And what that means is that um, it's some symmetry and parallel that are happening in the, um, in the text to kind of point you into a, a direction. So what you'll see here is that um, verses 1 and 2 and verses 11 and 12 are very similar. And they're calling the, the reader or, or the listener or the singer to put their confidence in God. So there's this bookends here. And then, and then 3 and 4 and 8 and 10, they are having a similar message. You, you, you'll read it and you'll say, man, he's talking about God and these amazing messages. And then he flips to man. And then he's back to God and then he's to man. Well, he's doing that on purpose. So, so this part of the, the structure is, is contrasting amazing God with, with sinful man. And he's saying, don't put your trust in, in man, but basing that on, on the confidence. So you've got confidence, you've got sinful man, and then the, the thrust of the whole psalm, which helps us to read it. David is giving us literary clues to, to help us to see exactly what we ought to, to get from this psalm is found in verses 5, 7, 5 through 7. And that is this amazing passage that calls us to, the Lord is my salvation, right? And so there's this, there's this structure that David is showing. And so I want to build our, our sermon um, today, the sermon off of these, these three points. The confidence that we have in the Lord, the, the trustworthiness of God, that we should not put hope in sinful man, and that ultimately we're going to find that the Lord is our salvation. So let's start first with our confidence is found in the Lord. David is declaring in verses 1 and 2 and 11 and 12 that God alone is the one that he places his trust in. Who are we waiting for according to verse 1? We wait for the Lord. To whom is he looking for salvation? According to verse 1, it is the Lord. One of the reasons that we, we love this passage is it directs our hearts and our minds to God and it gives us these rich illustrations of who God is. He is a rock. We were, we were talking in our community group, and there's a, there's a few Chinese speakers in our, our community group that were, that were saying that the Chinese translation of Psalm 61, we were talking about Pastor Michael's sermon this, this past Sunday, they said that the Chinese translation means a huge rock, 
Like so, so it gives us this illustration of a, of a, of a boulder, a huge rock, a refuge, a place that we can run to for help, a, a fortress. The imagery is strong. We find our security when we're held up in a strong and mighty fortress. And we feel secure when we're standing on a firm foundation. The background of this psalm is very similar to uh, the background of, of Psalm 61, which Pastor Michael referenced last, last Sunday. It is, it is taking place during what we would call the Absalom Rebellion. And this was a really rough time in, in David's life. I, I was reading back through 2 Samuel, and if you want to read the account, it's like 2 Samuel 12, 13, through the teens of 2 Samuel. But ultimately what happened is when David sinned um, with, with Bathsheba and when he plotted to kill Uriah, Bathsheba's um, husband, that whole sinful debacle, um, the prophet Nathan came to to David and confronted him and said, you are the man, right? He, he's confronting him with sin, and, and, and Nathan says, man, destruction will come to your house. And, and literally, the following chapters in, in 2 Samuel describe this, yeah, this hostility that is taking place. In chronological, this is, this is much later in years, but in the, in the biblical account, it's David and Bathsheba and the Uriah incident, Nathan, and then from the rest of the teens, it's the Absalom Rebellion. This is, this is years later, decades later, actually, in, in chronology, but in the biblical narrative, this is all tied closely together. So we see that this is a response to the, David's sinfulness, and, and the, the rebellion was, it was pretty harsh. David's son, Absalom, he was a, a rebellious child. He became bitter and angry after some um, horrific circumstances. But think about the, the pain of a, a rebellious child. Absalom wasn't just rebellious. He was really became David's worst enemy. He, he, he not only became rebellious, but he also gathered armies against David. He tried to take over David's kingdom. And here what we see is David has fled his home his refuge. David has fled Jerusalem, a, a fortress, and he is in the, the wilderness, and his own son is chasing him, hunting him down, trying to kill him and to take over his kingdom. It's a, it's a horrible set of, of circumstances, and this is the backdrop that David would write such a wonderful psalm proclaiming that God himself is his fortress. God is his refuge. God is the rock on which he will stand. The present circumstances in his life were bleak. And yet, despite his condition, David looks up. He looks beyond where he is. He looks beyond the cave in which he is dwelling, and he looks to God for his salvation. Our present circumstances... In context, is kind of bleak. We need hope right now. And it's interesting that when we started this study, the summer in the Psalms, we, you remember when we started this? If you've been with us for a while, we started systematically walking through the Psalms back in 2013. So seven years ago, we started with Psalm 1, and we started walking through the Psalms. It's pretty incredible that this year, summer of 2020, God and his sovereign plan would line up for us to be in the 60s. Psalm 61, God is our rock. 
Psalm 62, trust in God alone. Psalm 63, we'll we'll continue for the next several weeks with the same theme that God alone can save. Despite our present circumstances, despite the bleak context that we find ourselves in, God in his sovereignty is working, and he's offering us words of hope in midst of global pandemics, social unrest, and difficulty of our lives, which then helps us to to go to the second point, our our fallen condition, the the sinfulness of of man, and and not trusting in, in man alone. The context of this passage helps us to really understand what David is getting at. You, he really does jump back and forth, and you're, you're like, man, what does is, what is verses 3 and 4 really have to do with this? But you look at this in light of the Absalom rebellion and think about their people attacking him, they're pushing against him, they're trying to totter him like a, like a leaning tower or fence. They're trying, to, they're trying to push over David and his entire kingdom. They're seeking to tear him down from his throne. Look at verse 4 and think about your own child blessing you outwardly, but inwardly cursing you. What, what Aslan had done, he had set up a, um, a system in, in Hebron, the old um, capital uh, of Jerusalem. He had set up his kingdom and, and rallied support. And the way he did that was he began telling lies about his father and King David. And he began to, people who once supported David are now siding with, with Absalom. Thieves extortion. These are are things that are defined in Psalm 62, but these are a very real reality for for David. But then he says something which I think it's helpful to see the nature of sinful man, but it also distinguishes the the sinful man versus the the Almighty God. Look at at how he describes mankind in verse 9. This was interesting. I had to kind of think through it this week. It says, those Verse 9, those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up, they are together lighter than a breath. So he, he's, he's weighing these, these men, these, these people who are out to get him, trying to, to seek and to kill him and to take over his throne. He says, those of low estate, they are but a breath. But those of high estate, well, they, they are a delusion. And when you, when you add them together, when you stack them together, and you put them on the scales, of a balance, they are what? What does it say at the end of verse 9? They are together, stacked up, lighter than a breath. It's interesting. Those of high estate, those of low estate, you stack them up, they're still on a, on a scale. They are lighter. What does he mean? Look back at the illustrations and the analogies that he's used for God. How does he describe God? Rock, fortress, refuge. He's using these weighty terms to describe the almighty sovereign God to whom he is putting his trust. And then he says, these people, this sinful man who is out to get me, when you stack them up while they're extortion and their, their robbery feels very real, when you stack them up and you weigh them against God himself, they are lighter than a breath. It, it, it really shows the dynamic. It, it seems like his situation is very real, and it is. And it, I'm sure when he's hiding in a cave and running for his life, it seems like this is a real, present suffering. And yet when he is in his right mind, he, he turns himself and he says, the Almighty God, 
my rock, my refuge, my fortress, when you weigh the two, my present circumstances and the God in whom I, I serve, it is like these are just a breath. They are lighter than a, a feather. He's, he's classifying sinful man against the weightiness of God. I think his perspective here is helpful for us, and, and we would do well to, to meditate on this, because our present circumstances don't seem very light, do they? COVID is, is very heavy. The deep seed of, of racism that still exists in our nation, it is tremendously weighty. The grief that we can feel with loss of a, of a friend or a loved one, it, it seems like a weighted blanket. I've been thinking about grief a lot this, this last year and just the, the weight that just seems so heavy on us when our loved ones pass. It doesn't seem light. It seems crippling. The family struggles that many of us feel right now, when you stack them all together, it seems so heavy, right? Grief, struggle, COVID, racism, economy. It just seems boom, 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 boom. Put those on the, on the balance, and it just seems like it's weighing down our lives, right? There's, there's no easy conversation that we're having right now. Oh, when did the kids go back to school? Uh, that, that should be like an easy response. Oh, August 13th. No, that's, that's not an easy conversation. We don't know, right? Should we? Should we not? Yeah, there's, there's so much heaviness that's being stacked against us. David, I think, as he's looking at his life and, and this exile running from his life, hiding in a cave, if he stacks them against up, it seems pretty heavy. But, but compared to the salvation that he has in God, compared to the almighty sovereign God to whom he has given his life, it seems like a, a breath. So I think we want to focus ourselves Psalm 62 helps us to, to meditate on the weightiness of God. It's not making light of our current situation. Your family struggle, that's not a light affliction. Someone getting sick with COVID, that's not a light thing that we want to just surface and, and, and pale over. But we want to dwell on God himself and the heaviness, the weightiness, the security that is found in God alone, which leads us to this, the thrust of the passage, verses five through seven. The, the chiastic structure, what David is trying to get to is this wonderful proclamation that, man, we should read this every day to remind us in light of the things that are stacking up on the scale. Let's put something else on the scale on this side. Let's remind ourselves of who God is and what he has come to do. Turn back to Psalm 62, verses 5 through 7. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from Him. He only, listen to the exclusive language here, He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rest my salvation, my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. And then there's this beautiful response. So, so who is God and how do I respond to him? Verse 8, trust in him at all times. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. 
what do I do when I feel like life is stacking against me? What do I do when I feel like the, the, the balances are out of scale? In fact, this seems so heavy right now. I trust in the Lord, and I pour out my heart to him. He alone has the power to save. There is no person in this world who can bring relief to your struggle like the the God of the universe, the almighty sovereign God, and he has made a way for us to know him, for us to, to trust him, and has given us access to him so that we could pour out our lives to him. I, I mentioned our, our beach vacation, and, and we, were, we, we got there over, over the 4th of July weekend, and, and it was a lot of festivities, and, and we were with family, and so the, the newness of things, but, but about the midweek, I, I just found myself just you know, after you, you know, you're, it's like a train. You're, you're trying to stop the train, and everything just kind of backs up and comes. And I found myself just feeling so irritated and frustrated and sad, and all of this emotion. And I, I think everything that had been stacking up this last, this last year, and, and particularly this last spring, it was all kind of just rushing on me. And and, and Lauren was like, "We just need to talk about this. What, what's going on inside of you?" And we were just walking down the beach, the two of us. And I just started sharing. And man, it just was like, you know just the weight of life, and, and I started to, I started just to, to cry and to weep to the point that we couldn't even walk anymore. I was just sitting on the beach with my wife, just like everything was coming out, man. All of this stress, all of this unknown, all of this grief, everything that had been piling up in my life, I feel like the Lord was allowing me to, to let it wash out, we were talking this morning, I was telling her about this. She's like, you know, we, we have different personalities and we have just different ways of handling things. She likes, she kind of cries along the way, you know, just kind of lets out the emotion. I just, I just hold it up, you know, and then I just like unleash it. It's like a, it's like a floodgate. Eventually it comes out and stuff. But I, I was on the beach and I, it was just this like physical, tangible expression of this, this verse I was reading. I was like, this is what it is. It's just like pouring it out to God. It just stacks up in our life. It just comes into our, our life. We can, we can trust him and we can pour out our hearts and our concerns to God because he is, what does it say at the verse eight, at the end of verse eight? It says, pour out your heart to God because he's just gonna discard it all. No, he's, he's going to be a refuge for us. Run to Christ and find safety and security and, and this, the answer to your struggle in Him. So that's what we want to do. We want to encourage one another. We want to push our, each other to the salvation, to our hope, to the rock, to the refuge. And this morning, I want to call you to hope not in your circumstances, to hope not in a vaccine, to hope not in some legislation that's going to be the end of racism in America, or, or some sort of action plan for our school system that's going to be exactly what our kids need. Our hope is not in any of those things. Our hope is in God alone. And Psalm 62 gives us language and it helps us to see to whom we pour out our lives. In just a moment, we're going to respond and sing. And I would encourage you to sing passionately. And let this be an expression of you pouring out your heart to the God who cares. I would encourage you to sing passionately. See, see the grace of God and allow the grace of God to pour over you 
whatever situation you find yourself in, that stack of brokenness, the pain, the sorrow, the grief, the frustration, put them on a scale and then put the rock next to it and see in perspective that God alone can save. That young lifeguard, she certainly was willing, but she's not able to carry a burden like this. <laughs> this morning, I want you to turn to the one who can bear your burden and who has taken your guilt and your shame and he put it on the cross and he put it on the sun so that we can have life. Let's pray and ask him to help us in this time. Lord, we do turn to you and we affirm your word. You are our rock. You are our only hope. You are our salvation. Lord, we want to trust you. We want to stack all of our problems and our struggles in this world, and we want to measure them not on our own ability to manage them, but on your faithfulness, on your word, on your character who is capable. Lord, we, we know you to be almighty. We know you to be faithful. We know you to be the one that can bear our sin, our, our sin and our shame. And, and so we turn to you today and we, we sing now and we cry out, Lord, because you are our hope. And we give you thanks and praise. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.